0: Hi guys, welcome to Trade Time. This is episode two. We managed to make another one. We didn't break it with Jordan last, on the last version. So we're back for episode two. Trade Time is a new podcast and video series that we're putting out on YouTube and it should shortly be on Spotify as well, which will investigate uh, UK reptile shop ownership and what it takes to be a shop owner. The idea is to tap into the experiences Uh, of reptile centre owners around the UK. Often uh, shop owners are maligned um, as being profit-hungry, only interested in making the sale, not really invested in the reptiles. And this is a bit of a myth that needs to be busted because I know the majority, if not all, of the shop owners that I speak to in this series will be very keen to uh, realign people's minds when it comes to this subject matter. So, you know, we want to look at what got people their start How hard has it been or does it continue to be? You know, um, are they in love with the animals that they keep? Uh, And, you know, we just want to see where we go. Over time, this series will develop and we want to talk to manufacturers and product developers as well. But for the first certain 15 episodes of this, I envisage it is going to be shop owners and then we'll start to try and mix in the manufacturers as well to try and keep things fresh. But without further ado, it is my privilege to introduce, quite possibly, what I believe to be one of the most dynamic uh, shops in the UK, uh, and it is spearheaded by Mr. Baden Gate Greater X of Slytherin Reptiles Limited. Hello, Baden. Hello, you're, you're all right, right? right, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too Fantastic bad. Stuff. Uh, thank you ever so much for joining me. Uh, no,
1: my, my pleasure, honestly.
0: It's, I'm really excited to do this one because having visited your store and had the opportunity to speak to you, I find you a really, really interesting guy. And Thank uh, you. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it, because, and, and this, with no offence, it's probably obvious to people on the camera, you're quite a young man. I um, oh, yeah. and, and yet you have made incredible strides in this trade in a relatively short period of time. And that dynamism as a shop owner you respect so you know like but that aside we need to get the first section out which is the uh the bit where we introduce your shop and we need to know are you open seven days a week uh live foods delivery days dry good delivery days can we park at your shop or is it public transport do you carry a full range of reptiles and any other services you provide so take it away bro
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I'm Baden Greater Managing Director here at Slytherin Reptiles Limited. Uh, we are Leicestershire's largest reptile shop, so we are based at the Springboard Business Centre in Colville, Leicester. The postcode for anyone that wants to come see us is LE673DW. Uh, we are open seven days a week. Um, our live food delivery days, are: we have three deliveries a week. So we have uh, Tuesday, the staff are just unpacking one right now, so Tuesday we've got, we've uh, Thursdays, and also Saturday mornings uh, for live food. Uh, in terms of other dry goods, they'll pretty much come throughout the week. So whenever they turn up, pallet deliveries will also turn up throughout. Um, we kind of specialize in all reptile products and all anything reptile and invertebrate related, we'll kind of be all over it. When it comes to typical pet goods and things like that as well, don't want anything to do with it. It's not anything to do with our business plan. Colville in the town that we're in, Uh, also features three other pet shops including the good old pets at home and two other locally independent pet shops as well so to try and not flood the market we're going to keep to our reptile specialism anyway there's an used to be an aquatic store as well down down the road from us as well so having a kind of reptile kind of shop in Colville kind of is kind of like perfect in terms of parking as well if anyone wants to come over and visit us that would be absolutely wonderful um but yeah parking it's all free car parking here literally if you come in by bus then the bus station is literally right outside memorial square um and then yeah so there's all sorts of routes and travel in terms of getting here from derby nottingham uh, leicester it's literally like half an hour if 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 that. So, but yeah, we're, uh, we've got plenty of other things cracking on with the business. I'm literally moving into a new premises as we speak, where that's actually this expansion to where we currently are. Um, and then where we are currently at the minute is uh, my office and it's also our dedicated health check room that we offer. So we bring customers in here, so that wants an animal assessment, beak trims on tortoises, nail clippings, et cetera, brumation advice, internal parasite testings, et cetera. We'll do it all in this room. So you kind of come in, you get a one-to-one service with one of our, myself or one of my senior leadership team. Uh, we'll kind of make sure that everything's well spoken about. And obviously, if an animal comes in looking like it's an absolute bag of bones and we can't do anything with it, then they will then be recommended to our preferred vet. Um, and then, obviously, we can try and help where we can in all kinds of aspects as well. Uh, so you can basically contact us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. We have someone on that page all the time. If you haven't checked us out, please do. And then if you wanted to give us a call, give us a uh, shop, a call on 01530 We are open seven days a week, um, and we'll be looking forward to hear anyone that has any questions or whatever after this um, kind of meeting with myself and Chaz or anything like that as well. Um, Be looking forward to getting to know a couple of you anyway. So, but yes, anyway, Chaz, how's
0: your day been? (laughs) Uh, Not too bad, not too bad. As you can see, I'm at home, I've swapped the permanent residence at the reptile shop because I've got a gammy knee and I've got it laid up on the sofa. (laughs) Because I, I may have consumed or imbibed one too many alcoholic beverages over the Christmas period. Yeah, Christmas, mate. It's yeah. what it's there for. It's, it's decided to make gout detonate in my knee. God oh, bless you. It's hilarious. Mate. Um, so have you got a good vet you, near you as well I mean uh, yeah life- yeah so
1: I I really get on with um, our vet anyway so our vet's Craig Hunt over at Silby Um, it, it's the vet's practice is called Chime House Veterinary Surgery okay. Um, absolutely brilliant I've been a customer of them ever since well they dot when I first started keeping reptiles I kind of got my first pet snake and then registered it straight at the vets just in case yeah. anything was there to happen and um, but that thankfully touched wood that snake has never needed to go see the vet ever but i know has been a couple of times we've needed to go see the vets and stuff like as yeah. well and he's an absolute diamond to have and he's probably from here he's 20 minutes away from here so and it's good because a lot of people struggle with having kind of a decent reptile exotic vet near Absolutely. them um and i think this is kind of why this kind of health check room and stuff like that as well has taken off so well so customers could make a booking and but you did yeah. make a booking we'll check on the animal's health it's a little bit underweight, a bit lethargic and stuff we'll give you some electrolyte boosters and whatnot yeah. we'll get you a little bit of a, like a feeding plan and like that as well and then what we'll do we'll put you in for a four weeks time we'll get in weigh the animal again see the condition on bit and bit as well so it's very similar to kind of what the vet practice does without yeah. just the medication or side of things um but again it, it's really good it gives you that one-to-one personal kind of contact with the customer which is i think what what a lot of places are lacking if you bring your animal in you've got you're kind of showing it to everyone else and if you're going around saying oh your animal's got mites or whatever the problem is with with that particular reptile then then the person can feel quite kind of looked down on so it's good if you've got like an enclosed room and we can kind of chat through it it's normal typical health check lasts 15 20 minutes and i'll be more than happy to go through every single aspect on on every reptile that we see talking about skew levels marginal growth right all that kind of cool stuff, which yeah. is what what fascinates me so much about reptiles, and kind of I think what got me to running in reptiles, um, which was well, we've been doing this for years since 2014, I'd say. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's been absolutely insane. The process yeah, I mean, having having
0: having visited your store, uh, I mean, and seen your office. Yes, yeah, to-
1: thanks for dropping in on me. I always let you know when I'm coming over to see you, and you just caught the door like, "Hey, where's Bader? I was like, "I'm in the That's office." It. And Mark
0: rang me, he was like, oh yeah, come on over, Chad's in the shop I was like, oh brilliant, I'll come on over Yeah, yeah. yeah just, thank you very much I, I, just, I just snuck in, you know, ninja style Guerrilla tactics, make sure that you Keep you on your toes But when I came to the store I was I was incredibly impressed One with the layout of the store, the store's a lovely shop Really well presented, very, very clean uh, Very impressive But I was really, really impressed With the room that you're sat in now Which is the office, office and the uh, assessment room for the animals superbly professional i mean way beyond me and what we do at ours and 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 it it, it's one of those things where you go yeah that's the way it should be done it's i mean if you haven't been as another shop owner i was thoroughly impressed with Slytherin, and it'd be definitely be a place worth going i mean what what got you into the hobby what what started you off how oh mate you're, you're, you're probably too young for it to be a a job that became a passion so I'm thinking it's a passion that then became a job I would assume yeah 100% like having a I think having
1: a passion in reptiles and then wanting to work with them it has to kind of come that way in fold anyway and um, I remember I was probably five six years old walking around the every kind of zoo that I can see oh my god look at that reptile that's cool and then lo and behold I walked into a pet shop and there was these little kind of snakes and stuff and I was like now, that is a cool pet. Um, yeah. Being six, seven years old, kind of infatuating myself with thinking, oh, I can't own a pet dinosaur now. So yeah. I think a snake or a lizard is going to be like the next best, coolest thing. And I can keep that. Um, my parents weren't very productive or supportive with uh, with the idea, especially my mum. She was going to hate me saying that, but uh, with the idea of letting me have a pet snake. Jesus yeah. Christ, no, that was not, not on the cards at all. And I think that kind of gave me the incentive to want to learn more about it, kind of prove why I can look after this snake. And we see it all the time here in the retail store where parents go, No, you're not having it or whatever. And I kind of say to the kids, like, You've got to prove to your parents why you want it, why you can look after it. It's, at the end of the day, it's, it's your pet. And that's what we want to see with them. Obviously, I get in, obviously, the parents are the ones spending the money on the animals, but it's the kids that are the ones that are going to be looking after them at the end of the day. So that's what I want to pioneer here. Um, so yeah kind of looking at this little it was a corn snake actually which was the first thing I ever fell in love with okay. um, I still have that snake to this day and um, I actually got it for a Christmas present but the how actually I found out I was getting this this snake actually which is absolutely a crazy story was um now on my birthday because we were yep. going on holiday at this point just just after my birthday so on my birthday I unboxed this little kind of tub and it was really cold when I was undoing um, um, all the wrapping paper. And inside this kind of freezer tub laid yeah. six day old pinky mice <laughs> that were frozen. And then I, I opened it. I was like, oh, my God, what are these little mice for? And then uh, and then my mom says, oh, OK, I've, I've got you a snake. You've just got to go down to the pet shop and choose it. And that was it. It was the best day of my life, the best month of my life and probably the best year of my life ever being a child. I would definitely yeah. imagine. I waltzed into this reptile shop full of beans wanting to choose my little corn snake and there was at least 32 different ones to choose from all ones that have just been newly hatched and all kind of clumped up together and stuff like that as well lo and behold I chose a normal corn snake so uh, and then I was like yeah I want that one it was the smallest one so I thought I can watch it grow to the biggest one then they told me obviously it won't be ready for a couple of weeks I was like hey that's fine so I'm going on holiday anyway so yeah that's cool we can just let it go in and then um, it was six weeks they wanted it until the snake had six 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 successful feeds um, yes. and then i could come and pick it up which was good so i used to be in every single week looking Does at it, the it, okay. it yeah fair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah has it fed i'm like what's, what's up with it i i was probably really irritating to, to that shop owner when i went in but at the end of the day i was just so excited that obviously i've spent well, weeks and months mm. kind of planning out and proving why i should own a snake and yeah. why i can do it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember after getting a pet corn snake and moving into wanting like royal pythons and boa constrictors and stuff like that as well and moving into lizards and stuff that, I used to sit down and make like PowerPoint presentations for my family on (laughs) kind of why reptiles are so awesome, why I should be given, a boa constrictor, and so on and so on. And Here is the value um, added
0: to my life. Here is the yes, value exactly. added to yeah. my Keep life. your son happy,
1: you. man. That, that's that's the biggest thing. But and um, it it was really kind of my grandparents that kind of solidified my interest in them. Um, not just business wise. And that's kind of how I got into the position of where we are today. They are, they have their own businesses and stuff like that as well. Talking about self-assessment returns, back returns and hmm. all the things that goes along with being self-employed running a limited company was kind of standard practice as being a child inside of our household. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the norm, really a good
0: education. Then really a good, education.
1: Really, I, I'd say so. Um, in terms of my education though, um, I did all right to be fair in my GCSEs and stuff like that as well I was more I mean during my GCSEs I was running Slytherin Reptiles like right okay it was a business it was a business so Slytherin was given to me as a birthday present as you'll go into company's house type in your business name and yeah register it I was given Slytherin Reptiles Limited as my 16th birthday present and then kind of here you go Baden because we, we were breeding snakes and stuff we were we were selling snakes and stuff to pet shops and privately and whatever and and I always kind of liked the name Slytherin so I thought right what we'll do is I wanted it anyway I wanted it spelt S-L-I-T-H-E-R-I-N instead of the Harry Potter way so they wouldn't come on my back uh, so what we did is we kind of changed it that way and then that was it from my 16th birthday
0: uh, that was it I was co- company director pretty much um that is a huge, like, not to That that's a huge show of faith from your... Gran- was it your grandparents or your parents? Yeah, yeah, like, we're, grandparents. my grandparents like that I did that. So, I mean, that's a huge show of faith. You know, we're going to, you know, we can tell how passionate you are. We can see that you've got a future in this. So we're going to set up a limited company for you for your 16th birthday. I mean... Jesus, it, 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 most it kids want a PS3. Insane. They just want a PS3. They don't. They don't I think want that's limited. another thing. Like obviously Xboxes,
1: kind of Playstations, that kind of thing, which is what I should have been doing when I yeah. was that kind of age. Um, but I, I never had one. I've always been reptiles 100% out of the yeah. way. And I think once Slytherin did turn into a business, I was like, okay, great. Now I've got to find an accountant, uh, and then the well, my grandparents said okay you can have our accountant and then we can do that way but this is long before the days of when we was in zero and all that kind of stuff was our accountancy software platform that i'm in religiously now anyway um but it was all done on paper it was it was like a proper balance sheet cash in and out and stuff Mm -hmm. like that as well i remember our first year of accounts wasn't yeah. particularly brilliant, obviously me just doing it on the side because I was still at school. Right. Um, but this was this was people that I, we were setting up kind of pre-loved ads and stuff like I've just mm-hmm. hashed out some leopard geckos or some yeah. and dragons and stuff, blah blah blah. Make a contact with me. Like, okay, brilliant. And I will just mark it down as a legitimate business. Like we we were we were pet shop registered as well. Right. Um, so we, which was good because obviously I wanted to make sure that we had all the legalities and stuff and like all that sorted yes. as well. Being a business as well um so we did it kind of stuff i remember the first year we gave the accountant all the papers up to here it was absolutely huge we gave well everything was handwritten i printed off every single kind of invoice purchase whatever and yeah. then it's so low and hope of the whole hold the days now i just got on my phone and the to get on their phone right their names on the receipts and just snap it off and off it goes to the right. off it goes to the cloud to be sorted out and whatever now that's how it works but um but no honestly the first year was really kind of crazy uh, and obviously everyone was kind of thinking oh I think they wanted to do it for me because I've always had a passion of wanting a reptile shop it's always ever what I've wanted to do just work in a reptile shop work with these animals and um, either kind of like abroad I was like yeah and become a herpetologist and go yeah. out and study these awesome reptiles abroad and yeah. do all of that kind of cool stuff that's, that's what I want to do and then um, as I kind of dove more into the educational side of things um, and then obviously having uh, I went to I went to college I did all the animal care stuff and things and but while I was there it was the kind of fact that I wasn't learning anything new and mammals don't really particularly bother me bar my African pygmy hedgehog I do love her and my two English bulldogs but other animals don't really particularly do it for me as much so I sat there learning about horses and goats and all that kind of stuff as well and the anatomy of whatever animal and I'm like still not a snake mate so yeah uh, and I was just there like I, it, it was kind of kind of sucking the life out of me and I during our lunch breaks and stuff like that as well while my mates and stuff would be hanging out and whatever I was sat there on a table with a laptop making phone calls to customers uh, I remember selling a matrix blood python uh, over my lunch break at college eating some cheesy chips and some barbecue sauce uh, but it's it's things it's things like that like and then it got to the point where. I decided I got to my first module, which was working with the reptiles at the college. And I was like, this is amazing. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see it, what they have. And it was just full of royals and corn snakes and bearded dragons. I was like, "Okay, that's still cool, but I can still work with these. But I know everything about them. There's nothing here to kind of test me upon that. They had rainbow boas and some bits like that as well and iguana and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, But then it got to the point where they started to obviously realise I had a serious interest in exotics and uh i got talking to obviously some of the animal care technicians and stuff like yeah. that as well and i asked them at this point because we had all the wholesaler accounts by this point so yes. i was basically geared up to to pull off a massive contract with the college and i could see the potential of what i could do with that yeah go, right i'll set you a brand new reptile room i can supply your frozen rodents and yeah. all your live insects for you on a weekly basis not a problem i'll just bring it on the bus with me uh so <laughs> that was the kind of idea i had um so I was like brilliant so yeah we I ended up speaking to uh, to one of, one of the care technicians and go right where'd you get your live food from and inevitably she told me and then what I did so is um it was an online company and yeah. then what I did was um I then went back onto the laptop made sure I could kind of borderline compete with that yeah. and um and yeah luckily we did um so I I then asked um the college manager of the animal care department to if they would like to hold a meeting with me as I would like to become the college's new supplier for (laughs) reptile equipment (laughs) and I was still studying at this point I think I made it in three months into the college before asking and this is a two-year course and I was like oh my god Um, it was a really formal meeting I think it was probably one of my first proper business meetings you sit down with obviously a prospective client and Wow. and you've got to go through well, I go- I had it all planned out it took me at least a week to uh, damn all the college work that all got put put aside but making the proposal on how much I'm going to save them a year in bugs what the extra benefit of my bugs are going to be, the rodents are going to be. Obviously, me being there for the transition of two years, I can keep a closer eye on stuff like that as well. And I also pitch the fact that I don't like what the people, the, the animal care technicians are actually saying to the students. So can we just tweak it a little bit um, right. and kind of make the information correct? Um, and which they they lapped on board, which I really wasn't expecting it to, obviously. So but,
0: it's 16, as a student, yes. in the first year of this course, you managed to orchestrate a takeover of their live foods and dry goods supply to the college. Oh, we've, we've lost your sound, mate. You're back on. You've muted it. Let's see. Let's see if we can get him to come back on. I don't know what's going on with the sound. Let me pause it. Sorry, guys, we had a bit of a technical breakdown. I don't know what quite happened, but the sound just seemed to disappear. We've got it back then now. So uh, yeah, so Baden, just, just to confirm, you at 16, first year of college, you thought, you know, I've got this little business, this little side hustle going on. I'm, go- I'm gonna do a pitch. And I'm going to supply you with life food, dry goods, which to me is just absolutely astounding. Yeah,
1: we did, we did. Yeah,
0: and, yeah. and it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I still I still have them to this day. No, uh, really? which which, is, which which is great. And then and then obviously the root of it is Cubs colleges talk to each other and then whatever. Then I ended up going for some other meetings at some other colleges and stuff and picking them up. So yeah, honestly, it kind of just branched off, but i mean taking it oh the roots further back even before i did i did that and pull the yeah. college off um the first kind of real business venture i think i ever really kind of plucked up so wasn't just the breeding of reptiles and stuff like that as well and producing my own stock but and um, i decided to think about well obviously i'm still in high school doing my gtse's and
0: yeah. I've got this little
1: business going on. It's doing relatively OK after school and people are coming over, et cetera, a couple of times a week to pick up a beardie or a new corn snake or a royal bat we've just bred and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but really kind of thinking about, yeah, I do want a pet shop. and um, I walked into one of the old pet shops in Colville. It was called Colville Pet Supplies. Okay. And I, they didn't have anything to do with reptiles in there. So I asked this lovely woman and says, right, I want to put a load of reptiles into your shop um you don't have to pay for any of it yeah. i will pay for all the racking all the products all the reptiles and stuff just let me have that little corner there where you're not really doing much with it and i'll i'll have that and then every week you can have your percentage cut so technically we was um uh kind of what's well, concessioning that pet yeah. shop yes. um so yeah she was she thought well yeah obviously it's free money isn't it at the end of the day so uh, all she's got to do is 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 save save some money and i'm gonna give her 20 to 25 percent on whatever she sells for me which would be great so Slytherin reptiles was kind of born i then was getting in contact with different wholesalers and stuff i think being 16 years old when you're approaching kind of big wholesalers and They go, they check you out in company's house and they go, oh, he's 16. (laughs) What? And then I remember my first meeting with uh, Owen Chennery at um, at Peregrine Live Foods Yeah. and and he come over to see me. And it was actually actually, I was in my school uniform. I literally got picked up from school, driven as far as we can, as fast as we can to the offices for my family's business, which they own a graphics design and sign workshop. And so we sat in there and we waited for, for Owen to come through. And uh Owen I mean, then come through it was like, hello, hello, whatever. And we I was kind of pitching to him this concept. We didn't have a bricks and mortar store and whatever. I was pitching yeah. this concept, right? Slytherin will be moving into a physical brick and mortar pet store. And this is the kind of business model that we had. Um, it wasn't particularly doable, I think, for, for them anyway, because I think they were just thinking, okay, great, it's just gonna be a quick turnaround business and yeah. we won't really have much custom from them, etc. But um, Thankfully, after a couple of weeks of persuasion, Yes. We then managed to open a successful account, which was great. Yeah. Um, and then what I did is I then bought myself a one-meter shelving bay to stick in this pet shop, which you could find all the typical reptile supplies, beach chips, Aspen bedding, yeah. uh, sand scoopers, some bulbs and stuff on side of there. And then what we did is we bought some vivariums and put some of my animals that I had from home in that. Right. Uh, obviously, with the transition period of working with the council was a bit of a nightmare. So obviously, get the pet shop license changed over to the person that runs the pet shop uh, and not myself um, was a a bit of a hassle so we couldn't sell any livestock for like four weeks Um, so while we did that that was fine Uh, and then i then could create this little facebook page that kind of come along with slytherin and i could say right Anyone that wants to come visit me now, you can. I literally have like a little reptile shop now, a little corner, and you can now come buy your bugs, your frozen, or your bedding and stuff like that as well. And you can have a look at a, a small little range of reptiles. Yeah. Um, now, Cobble didn't have reptiles, it was the first time that was a thing within our kind of town. Uh, yeah. So that kicked off and we had a few customers and stuff i was getting quite busy i was still at school so like at like half past three i used to come in go for half past three till five and spend the time in there and stuff and help kind of where i can and on the weekends saturdays i used to be there but they were closed on sundays which was a bit of a shame but there was only open on a saturday i think like 10 till 1 which wasn't good at all yeah. and i had customers that wanted to come after that and stuff so we kind of started finding these little teething issues that kind of come around with with customers that wanted to come around and visit the shop and stuff like at yeah. half past one, but it was closed half an hour ago. I was like, can't do anything about that, mate. I don't know. It wasn't to my discretion on the hours.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but thankfully, we started to gain quite a lot of popularity, and only for pre-orders and stuff on bugs and things like that as well. I remember doing my first ever bug order and thinking, "Oh my god, I've got like fifty most of the bugs. How the hell am I going to sell these?" Uh, now I look at it, and my shelves have fifteen hundred on them a week, and I'm like, "That's absolutely insane." So how I can transition? It's mad, um, but. Yeah, then the things kind of broke down a little bit. I think between my relationship and this pet shop owner, yeah. it's a real shame, really, because uh, so there were a lot of people started coming in. I started, I was plastering it in every forum, everywhere, on yeah. every Facebook post. Anyone searching for reptiles or whatever, yeah, I was kind of going to be hitting you up and going hello. Um, okay. So that kind of happened, and then the shop was quite busy, but it was mainly now just all my reptile stuff that that we're selling. And the woman that was running the shop at the minute, she wasn't really particularly too. Impressed that none of her general pet products and stuff were yeah. selling as well, um, and she was basically saying although she's spending all of her day selling my stuff, she's not making as much money as she would be selling her rabbit food or whatever she has, bird yeah. seeds and stuff like that. Anyway, so I was like, okay, that's fine, I do understand, but I says I can't really do what anything do about you who walks through the door. That? What do you um, about that? Yeah, I was like, well, I really wasn't wanting to change the commission structure really because. There was no margin in it anyway, (laughs) so I was just uh, like, it was just to tick tickers over and then just probably have some more money to then put back into the business because literally, I didn't take any wages for three years. So, um, and that was the whole point about it was growing Slytherin, that's the whole point about it, seeing what we could do with the company. So keep kind of doing, I think we stayed in that shop for a good few months uh, until I had a phone call one day while I was at school and it was basically just, Baden, we need you out. And that's all I got. Uh, I was like, oh, gosh, how come? And at this point I was panicking because this little kind of empire that I've just started embarking on has literally just been crushed. Yeah. And that, that was it. I had I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got all these animals that I have at the shop and I've got all these yeah. products and I've now got nowhere to sell it. And all the customers that are relying on me for live food and survival. Like we have just started building these connections with people. And they've all kind of been thrown in the bin. Now I one phone call and she actually said, right. The business is going under i've got a week to move out you need to go by tomorrow jesus um okay. basically that's what that's what happened and i was i was i was really really upset um i bet you were and then yeah i mean i was i was i was still in high school at this point i had to i rang i then rang my grandparents my granddad and says right we're gonna have we're gonna have to, can you please help me yeah. uh he goes and if, if they want you out they want you out like yeah, they're, yeah. They're, there's no we have no contract signed about um obviously like the concession or anything like that as well we're just doing it on a, on a good kind of goodwill. with yeah, a, with, yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was that was kind of it so it, it was like right we've got it got to get you out so um so the next day we got a big transit van that he had for obviously fitting in his, his, signs and stuff for work. And then he brought that over and then, yeah, we moved the entire shop out in a day. The shop owners didn't speak to me or do anything like that as well to kind of express any kind of issues with what was going on. And it was really kind of leaving on real bad terms. And I really didn't like that as I'm quite a friendly, quite a bubbly person anyway, and I don't like making enemies. And that was kind of my first real kind of bad experience in business where, where, it did hit the fan and I now have a van full of stuff, which I have no idea what to do. So we yeah. so was at home. We was talking about what, what we we're going to do the night before we moved. And, uh, and the idea come along with, with what my grandmother said. And she says, right, Baden, I'll take everything out of my double garage yes. for you. And you can put everything that you have in that garage and you can literally kind of just sell what you've got there. And then we can just see what happens. You've got your GCSEs and stuff you need to concentrate on mate. So let's just see what happens from from there. So I then had all of my animals at home that were already being upstairs anyway. And then I now had a garage full of reptiles and I had my product stands and stuff in there and whatever. We had tortoises and stuff in there. And literally I then had thought, I thought, God, I still can't sell any of these animals because my pet shop license doesn't exist anymore. So I was like, right. So we have to apply again for another pet shop license. So that's four weeks of us waiting for that to come back yeah uh, and speaking to him um and then after that we started i had 30 snakes at this point so we kind of needed to kind of look at getting them kind of shifted and stuff so and then it was a lot harder selling privately than it, than it was. And then I was having to flip this garage door open. Oh, my God. It was it was it wasn't kind of the way I wanted to see Slytherin kind of kind of grow to yeah, hey, look we, nice. We had some nice banners and stuff inside of there. And the banners still are in that garage uh, to this day uh, as a kind of like a little kind of wow. That's, well, that's how it kind of started. What I,
0: what I would probably say to you is like, you know, to as, you know, a parent of a 17 year old um, and the adversity that you faced. I mean, one, the amount you have taken on your shoulders at 16 is, is is seriously impressive. And two, the fact that you managed to show mental fortitude to go through all of that and still do okay in your GCSEs. And then, you know, sometimes you are dealt the shitty end of the stick. Um, like with, with, you know, we do our best and some people just aren't straight shooters and they, they do screw you. But, you know, the way that that you handled that. I mean, at 16, the dynamism to do it. I mean, that's crazy. Like you're fucking 16 and you've got, oh, no. you've got a shop shop in there. You're doing your GCSEs. You get told, Oh, well, you're getting thrown out. This is during your GCSE year where you're supposed to be, you know, like done, living you know. the high life and, and partying, and then doing your homework and your studies and getting your GCSEs. And you're busy running a business at the same time, supplying, colleges and oh my god and then yeah and then they throw you out that's just insane you know it's really impressive so you're in the garage you get the license transferred fire away
1: yeah so we did that i then completed my gcses um you know, all, all to good standards and then basically i then had to obviously make the move I'm thinking right i need to go to college because i would to do it i would have just been sat back and said right let's do slithering full-time but sadly the government have their own way and they want to Keep kids in education and stuff, which is a good thing. So I decided to go down the animal route, and that's where I chose to do go down the the animal care courses and stuff like that as well. So I did all that stuff, Uh, but then what I think after I pulled the kind of because knowing how much money you're getting in for a business for a small business is really important, and really kind of looking at your expenses and stuff, and really trying to drill that down and try and keep that as much as short as possible, so you can kind of make sure you stay afloat and while I was opening the garage and stuff for a couple of customers here and there um, to collect live food and stuff, and it began to start fizzling out. So we then decided, my grandparents then decided, right, not too far away. There's a place called the Springboard Center and it's a business center where if you think of any kind of odd business, it pretty much exists there. So, in uh, and then, so tattoo studios, wedding photographers, accountants, mortgage providers, solicitors are here, um, yes. all sorts of printers, whatever, there's loads of sort of businesses in there. Right. Um, so I come in after school, again, another out of school thing, because I was always at college. So we come after college, and um, come here, and I I got, start getting, I've no idea what this place was, always recognized it when to drive past it every day, it's in the yeah. center of town, but never actually really knew what this building was. Right. Um, but yeah, I was shown a couple of these units and stuff like that as well. We was going through prices on some of these units, and I was, like, oh, I really can't afford this. This is, this is expensive. And then, and then we found actually it's this unit I'm sat in right now, right, okay. which is uh, our health check office room. Um, yeah. This was this this was Slytherin's first kind of retail room, right? Um, of which I took the massive plunge into it because. The money that the college was giving me and all the kind of money was getting from kind of regular customers literally paid for the rent outright um and that that was it so i was going into it literally and just thinking right it's even going to go really well and i could kind of pull it off but still being at college half time so i had two days off college and then the weekend so i'd be open basically for kind of four days a week really um so that's the way it kind of worked. and you come in here it's only a small little office and yep, stuff it's yep. not this grand retail shop yep. and I had just one product stand, some vivariums, but the only kicker was when I moved into this unit was I was the youngest tenant they've ever had. I still am the youngest tenant they ever had, but now I'm the youngest tenant they ever had that has the most amount of commercial floor space. And so it's flipped itself over. Um, So now what happens is I was saying to the springboard sensor, I want to be a reptile shop. I want to have some reptiles and stuff inside here and just trade some reptiles and stuff out of an actual unit. Yes, you can trade the products and stuff out of there, and that's fine, but you cannot keep the animals over here for more than 24 hours. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. I don't even have a car at this point. So <laughs> <laughs> I, so for every meeting I had, if it was someone messaging me, saying I'm really looking at getting into a crested gecko, I'm like, brilliant. I'll go, wait, let's set the meeting up at 2 o'clock, let's go. I will then go back home, ask for a lift to go home, Find a selection of crested geckos that I have for sale and bring one of my ad- adult ones up as well. Bring them up. And then what we do is I already have some exoterras and stuff and whatever, mm. trying to get them through and then go through. Right. Here are three crested geckos for you to choose from. Which one do you like? This is how you look after them. We, you could sit down with me at the table. We'd go through how to hold them all the kind yes. of... I used to spend at least an hour with every single customer. I used to come through the door that wanted, that wanted reptiles and yes. stuff like that. And and it, I, I was thinking, oh, the service is so good. It, it's so, it's so, it's so personal when someone wants to buy a, a corn snake or whatever animal they was looking at doing. It's yes, yeah. you can spend, you can really spend the time with me because the shop wasn't busy. You couldn't get more than four people in here, and it's right. it, it's going to start feeling crammed. Uh, I started then progressing and thinking right we need some more dry goods and stuff so I started getting some shelving bays and stuff put along there the other side here uh, I'll have to try and send you some photos of, the, of this shop when I first opened it because it, it was it's not day difference to what it is to what I, I have now um but yeah we we kind of did that it did okay we stayed in here for just over a, a year and we did a couple of years in here actually and then um Things kind of just kind of took on from one yeah. step to the other and things like that as well. I then decided to invest in a website, so I had my first website created, which was an absolute catastrophe. With they usually uh, are like, the first ones. You oh, are mate! I was literally someone pitched me this awesome website. It's going to cost you. I think it was ten thousand pounds, is what the first thing was, and I was thinking great i'm gonna have this best business. it's gonna be all singing all dancing it's gonna do everything for me and i can just sit here in my unit box everything up and send it off to the customer it's yeah. all gonna be good uh and then i've not just got target market of kind of Colville leicester that i was wanting to tackle but i now have the nation Yeah. Um, but no what i was provided with really didn't work it kind of it, the design was awful they really weren't happy about changing anything i just bank transferred the money over at this point. And then I was really kind of in this kind of rut where all of my money has just gone on to something that did, didn't work. Yeah, um, so I was really kind of upset about that. And we had we had some sales and stuff coming through. Don't, granted, yeah. it, it, it did OK, but we were losing money <laughs> Like yeah. for yeah. what I put in. Uh, it wasn't spinning the nice little coins that we like out of, out, of, out of the side of the website, which is what a lot of people have the generation with setting up an online website It's all going to be fine. I can definitely tell you the first three years of running my business online on a website was awful. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that kept me in business was the retail side of things. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of really kind of opened my eyes to uh retail and the kind of aspects and stuff that retail can have to a potential customer and client and people will travel to come see you they won't just spend their time on google um, and then go in and shop on there they'll want to come and speak to an actual friendly face so that gave me great kind of confidence that this retail shop idea can work and then lo and behold covid happened um yes of which i wanted a bigger unit at this point i was actually looking at concessioning again but this was in a large chain of garden centers right um, i was having meetings with concession advisors and stuff for dobby's garden center right. Um that was where we was looking at going there was a there was wanting to turn this entire unit up into a pet specialist they wanted a reptile shop there so they approached me to do it i was like wow and then they wanted to move a maiden head aquatics in there a dog groomers in there and then above they're going to have a brand new state-of-the-art uh, vet practice Right. That was over so i managed to find out the contact deals with the company director who was sorting out the vet practice so i was getting in contact with him we were talking floor plans and stuff like that as well mm-hmm. i had all the supplies all sorted and whatever all everything was all mapped out ready to go and then i had another email from uh, Dobby's garden center change of plans we're basically changing the concession store unit out to be a warehouse for their stock and i was yeah. like
0: oh all of these oh, planning just pulled out from underneath you yeah, yeah
1: three th- i was going to have officially my palace of a reptile shop in one of the busiest garden centers and well-known garden centers in the entire country i couldn't wait for that yeah I but I, I was. i was young i didn't really have probably the best business acumen uh, granted i had obviously a lot of family experience in business and yeah. a lot of kind of experience that comes with it i think you just kind of got to graft at it and you just kind of got to get used to it and i think me being so reptile passionate it was always about the reptiles forget about the putwork work later um so it kind of got me into I mean deep. just
0: just to pause there so i mean you've got to frame this right babe because people are still not going to believe that you're only 24 years old and you've done all this yeah. this this is fucking insane right? <laughs> so that, it sounds yeah, beyond yeah, beyond I, I yeah, th- yeah I, th- I think that um there has to be massive kudos given to your grandparents at this point. Yes. Make Honestly,
1: a- without my grandma and my late granddad, like I, I yeah. could not have done any of this like without them. Right. Um, and also another thing that obviously people think, obviously if you have kind of grandparents and stuff, they're going to be more than happy to finance your business venture. Yeah. Um, and I can hand on heart say that I had no personal <laughs> finance given to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything that we've ever done has always been from my own back and literally starting, yeah. I think, was, was my 50 quid I had given wow. to me for, for, for Christmas.
0: Uh, and then I was like, great. They, they, they've paid, they people... paid you in different ways, though, bro, with their knowledge. Oh, mate, yeah, that, 100%. That, my mum and, and dad were both cerebral and capable and intelligent people, but they were not business people. So I was sort of flying blind. And the amount of cock-ups and fuck-ups I made in the early days of running Snakes and Adders are beyond number. If you, you know, there is, I don't think there's a number to calculate the amount of cock-ups I made. So to be able to short circuit and circumvent those cock-ups by having somebody experienced in business going, Baden, that's not a good idea. you like, you rethink this. Or this strategy will work or have you considered this placement or that pl- that's really cool to have i mean it, it was
1: it was having these grandparents that are, that are <clears> so, <throat> so kind of supportive of you but when you go round and stuff like that as well it's like hey mate do you want a cup of tea let's have a chat about the business yeah. um that's that's the kind of thing where it's always been is like all right what about if, if, if we do this or or what what do you think about that made it, it's kind of it's always kind of been a thing where they've wanted to sit and improve um and watch it grow but i think yeah. it got to a certain point where slithering then decided to start to get a little bit too big yeah. um for, for them to have a complete kind of grasp of what everything's going on, like, yeah. like graphic design and sign leverage and stuff and wrapping cars and stuff is completely different to uh, yes. to running a reptile shop and a pet shop and stuff. Because it, again, it's more service-based business there, as they are, obviously you provide service and things like that, where this is a lot more product and industry um, yes. led that way. Um, so it's kind of two different models. Um, but honestly, yeah, I think, what happened when we ended up saying no to the garden center so the garden center ended up pulling us out which was yeah. a, an awful thing to do um then i was then th- talking to the springboard center thinking right i might have to leave my little tiny palace that i have now created um and whatever can you just let me know if there's any potential units that come up because i would really like one of those outside units out 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 the front so customers actually have a dedicated door to walk through because yes. when you used to, when you come we used to come to Slytherin invested Slytherin one is there's an outside door which you had a doorbell to press and you had to press the doorbell. and you right. used to go ding in here then I had to go run out here, sprint as fast as I can down the down the corridor and let you in the bloody building. Uh-huh. so And then it was no good if I was mid conversation with a customer in here and then I had the doorbell going off left, right and center. Okay. So I was having to do like a million miles every day running to the door and back and forth. So mm-hmm. I really wanted a door where customers can walk through um that didn't happen the springboard center had no units available yeah i was like oh damn yeah. uh, so i stuck it here for a little bit longer and then they actually they come in and said baden we've got a unit yeah available outside it's an absolute hellhole inside right. of it um it's got it's got <laughs> it has this weird ass second floor that some bloke put up which wasn't even level it was a massive health and safety hazard um, it was full of just junk everywhere. It was a unit that's that someone had for 15 years and just rented it and just not done anything with it and just kept it right. like a giant shed. Um, and then oh. when I had a look at this unit, when they opened this this door and it creaked open, and I was like, oh my God, no, it is awful. And it's massive. It's way too big for them what I need. Mm. Uh, no thanks. But if I may ask like, how long will it be until the bloke's out oh two months he says just before i get him cleared out i was like okay i says well let's clear it out and then let's have a look at it Mm. i mean it was awful the the, the ceiling was like 25 foot high it was freezing cold there was no electrics in this damn unit so thinking there was no no plumbing so thinking about how i would even water the animals would be insane um so i was like right how am i going to turn this unit into something that people are going to want to come to and turn it into a proper reptile shop. And, uh, and lo and behold, we managed to strip everything out. Um, I then decided to take a massive plunge. Well, this is this is lockdown. Actually, this is this is when this is when COVID started hitting. I decided to go right while everyone sat chilling at home, I'm going to to plunge everything I have into a new unit and off, off we go. So we put it we put it, a suspended ceiling in there i had a whole electrical rewire done for the shop i had the honestly if you ever come around to my shop and you see that sink where we clean all the animals and all that kind of stuff there the effort it has taken to get the piping through about seven different walls and different curves oh god to get the plumbing into that unit has been insane when i approached springboard center and said right i need a plumber can you send one to me and uh, we can have, and then there was like, no way. There's getting you're getting water in that unit, babe, And it's not happening. So, lo, lo and behold, I found a way of getting water. Right. Um, but it literally works on a giant pump system. So it literally pumps about 20, 30 foot away from me. Right. Um, so it, honestly, it's insane to think kind of what I've had to do to accomplish that. We had to paint the floor. We had to paint everywhere and stuff, and just to kind of get things set up. Now, we launched Slytherin. I think in. Uh, three years ago in on november i think about, okay. i don't know the date to beside besides from you but i remember opening it i had obviously well, we had to change the shop door because it was a roller shutter door there was no actual door that existed to the front of this right. shop <laughs> so um so i had to change that i then had to get a new roller shutter as well put in because that was old and didn't work
0: um uh, so i had to really invested a lot in this unit then yeah
1: it, 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 it was it was all or nothing by this point uh, i got College wise as well. I literally was at college. I then did the first year. Everything went well, distinction stars and everything that we did anyway. It was relatively up my street anyway. It wasn't too hard. The animal biology side of things I absolutely love. So I was having a great time, but I was speaking to my college uh, tutor at that point and I was saying, right, I really don't think I need to be here. Um so what do you think about me leaving? And she said, honestly, Baden, I think that's going to be a fantastic decision for you. Right. Okay. And I couldn't see many kind of college tutors or anything like that telling any kid that to leave education is going to be a good thing to do. Yeah. But she could understand, obviously, the business acumen and stuff like that yeah, as well. Yeah. She was really interested in knowing kind of what my plans are. And mm-hmm. she gave me full confidence that, yes, just go quit college, yeah. bugger off from here and go and, go and, go and do that venture. So. Yeah that's exactly what I did. We set up, we up this new unit and whatever I had now an official new bank of vivariums that were looking good. We had shop products stock in there, shelving racks, proper racks and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, it was going good. Here comes the big launch we did. Uh, it was surprisingly busier than I thought it was going to be because again, wow. it was just me running this shop. And then I was now in this shop now, six days a week. So it was Monday through to Saturday, and I'd, I'd have Sunday off. Yes. Um, so we had this Kind of fundamental whereas nine to five and that's basically what i did and i was quite impressed with it but uh, there wasn't many people coming through the door it was a relatively new business we had word of mouth and stuff like that as yeah. marketing and stuff has to be done and um, so i think we was kind of riding this wave where the new shops open we've had the big launch where everyone's kind of coming at once and i mean yeah. we had no we had no till we had we only had um, i think our, my iphone which was getting to one of these card terminal things and mm. uh, I couldn't scan though. No. it was literally just okay great you've got a piece of wood there right let me find out how much that piece of wood is let me price that mm-hmm. oh, okay great you've got a thermometer as well let me add that up quickly and do you want to pay cash or card <laughs> that was that was literally <laughs> it uh, and I always always I we talk about by because we had I remember I remember earning our first our first 500 pound day taking. yeah right? and how much of a f- fundamentally like awesome moment that is for i think any business owner to know that oh i'm just talking 500 pound or whatever and then it was like great let's see if i could do that tomorrow and i thought i pushed it harder i earned 600 pound the next day i'm like oh my god that's 1200 that's 1100 pound i'm like that's wicked and then that's in two days and then Things started to progress and more people started to come in to come see me and stuff like that as well. And I think just being overly friendly with everyone and valuing every single customer. I tell this to my staff all the time, but to value every single person that walks through the door. I said it's so much harder it is to get someone to walk through your retail premises than it is to get them to land on your website. So appreciate them and make sure they feel valued. And that's kind of the business model that I've always kind of worked on when it comes to my customer relationship with our customers that come down here. Um, and yeah. I think I think once we did that and stuff, it started getting quite busy. And I was like, on a Saturday, I couldn't do it by my own. And we had now loads of animals to look after and I was just yeah. being stretched. And one of my best friends at the time I says, I'll tell you what, babe, and I can see you a bit struggling and whatever. And let me just jump in with you, mate. I've got no idea about about selling reptiles at all or anything how to look after them. Mm. But he says I only work down the road. I sell timber. Yeah, I can sell. I can sell. I can jump on a till and stuff. And I can sure make some people laugh for you at the end of the day, a not due through stupidity, but probably from personality. So uh, so that's that's what the thing was. And then Jack kind of joined me and uh, Jack kind of stayed with me, He kind of learnt learnt the ropes and stuff like that as well. He was my first official employee as well that we had here at Slytherin. Um, And now that's it. I now have a member of staff to think about and look after him and his interests and yeah. stuff like that as well. And it um, really kind of took the pressure off of me and it allowed me then to start to look at other things like different reptiles for stock and different yeah. products and talking to different the, the manufacturers and stuff like that as well and the wholesalers and kind of getting grips a little bit more and help my own knowledge on helping yeah. customers understand why they need to move into kind of well, just getting customers in general, just to move over to new lighting and yeah. do the kind of. Cause we've been through all the AAL licensing vibe by right. this point and checked all of that out and had a reinspection and stuff, which we got five stars, which I'm mega thankful for. So, yeah. uh, but in just kind of tailoring everything and kind of really kind of getting in grips with every single product that we sell. Like I should yeah. know everything about everything and the customer wants everything. There should be five points on like why customer needs that product or why that product wouldn't be good or they should need this one. And really just kind of do that. And then telling Jack everything I kind of knew about kind of my re- reptile experience and stuff. And obviously he's a complete beginner. I think he had a leopard gecko um, wow. at, this, at, the, at this point and, uh, and kind of just building him up and kind of watching him over the period of six months and so build Slytherin and kind of get the customer relationships and stuff. And I think letting go as a business owner is is pretty hard um, and kind of letting your bit, like you kind of step back a little bit from it and think, right, I can sit in the office and the business is still going to still going to work. And it's, it's still going to stand at the end of the day. I mean, I, I'm always, a nightmare for it.
0: I'm a nightmare. I'm a micromanager and I always will be like, it's your baby. I mean, it's hard it is a hundred percent and obviously from from where it comes to from where it
1: goes and i was thinking at this point okay great it was it was really busy uh, it was ticking over nicely we, we was now officially a proper business which is yeah. kind of where what i've wanted for the last four years uh, yeah. and it it, it it was good um and, but then i could still see more potential with it obviously reptiles wasn't this particular member of staff's passion like it was mine yeah um, so inevitably, things did start to happen with our relationship in terms of obviously him being one of my best mates. Yeah. And then also him being my employee as well, um, which I personally will not be doing again. Um, I think you get away with too much stuff. And I think it's, it's heartbreaking in, in itself, especially he, he tells me, oh, he's got a he's got a new job. Uh, great can you work your four week notice no I'm going in four days there's nothing you can do about it etc and I was like nice I'm now left on my own running this business in four days time without any staff yeah and that was kind of the biggest thing for me and I felt oh Jesus okay now I need to now I might need to think about actually putting a proper job advert out and finding someone else to work with and and this this was kind of where it was, in this point, I had some work experience people in and things like as well. So we had Joe and Louie that were that are still uh, with me to this day, and they're now official employees to the business. So, um, but yeah, they started coming in, and they they had a lot of work over the summer and stuff just to help me kind of clear and kind of get my head sorted. Yeah. I put a job out out on on Indeed, and mm-hmm. uh, and I had everyone that you could ever think about that wants to work in a reptile shop apply to work for me. Yeah. Um, I thought this is great. I've never done a I've never done a job interview before. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna absolutely smash it. It's gonna be like <laughs> The Apprentice, but like on fire. So I'm like, yeah, here we go. So uh, so I I must have interviewed 12, 15 people. Right. Just for the fact of wanting to get the experience to interview them. Mm-hmm. I had no real that I had no real kind of ambition to take them on anyway. I just wanted to do it for my own kind of personal kind of development, really. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and then walk through what I what I then got an email about this really kind of good looking kind of CV that came through. And it was, uh, it was our Hannah's um, yeah. kind of CV that came through. And I thought, wow, that's good. Yeah. Uh, she's worked in these kind of zoos and stuff like that as well. Previously I thought, Oh, that's pretty good. And uh, yeah, let, let's, let, let, yeah, like. I, it, was, it was ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah. And then I thought, great, let's get her in for an interview. Yeah. Um, she, absolutely boss. the interview uh so the very next day i rang her i was like right hannah you've got the job if you want to come work with me that would be absolutely fantastic and i had at the same time another one come through so i took hannah on part-time was, was what we was going to do part-time because uh that's where we need to be and then i had another one come through from someone who's just recently qualified There. Herpetology and zoology degree up at Bangor University. All right. uh, Which was something I always wanted to go and do that, but business and that kind of led me in a different path. Uh, So I was like, oh, that's wicked. And his name was Aaron and he is also a customer of ours. I've always known him to go to Bangor and he also have this interest and stuff on I mean, him. We used to talk on the bus and so he was a year above yeah. me, but we used to. I remember him popping over the, the chair on the bus on the way home. He goes, are you Baden? Are you that kid that owes, owns that reptile shop? I was like, yeah, mate. Yeah. So uh, that, that was it. And then we kind of always have this kind of decent friendship and yeah. um, going on but he come to work for us uh full time so i i then instead of wanting one job i ended up taking two people on uh, which i think was worth its weight in gold yeah uh, from from there on out and then that's it we then continued and continued expanding the business and they started working on it and then the great thing was that aaron had such a great i mean i could do all, all the latin names for pretty much everything and spiders included and stuff and then but he had a, a real soul interest in invertebrates mm-hmm. And which meant we could then plunge more time into getting some different species of invertebrates and stuff, and really knowing that the care and the advice that we'll be giving to these animals and to the customers is going to pay off. Uh, we really started seeing a massive kind of incline in our invertebrate section to the company. Um, so we piled on with that and we just went into that full force yeah. uh, pretty much. And then uh, we still didn't have huge stock diversity it's only been the last year and two we've actually kind of really kind of tailored out that to really kind of make this kind of proper stamp going yeah. on for why people need to come see us um but yeah it's it's been a fantastic approach and stuff and i think generally having staff has been the best thing i have ever done for this company um wow. making sure that my staff aren't just staff i don't just kind of just boss them around and whatever yes i've got yeah. to have that approach anyway but they are my family at the end of the day. Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for all of their hard graft. Yeah. Uh, I'm just here to kind of steer them in the right direction um, yeah. and make sure, obviously, we're always learning and progressing. But the staff are the biggest thing to me in, in, in my business. I appreciate every single one of them. They're, we're now a team of five. Wow. So making sure every single person is well looked after. It's a job in itself. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it, is truly amazing to think, obviously, how we was just how I was running that exact shop with just myself into it for running the same shop, the same floor space, just a few more vivariums and stuff in there, um, a few more products and stuff. Now, we now need five people to to work in our business. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's the speed that gets me, like the speed that you've managed to achieve all of this in. I mean, it's insane. You've gone from opening a shop where you're the sole employee in some shithole God awful fucking wreck of a unit that you've had to repipe, organize, paint, sort. You've had an employee who was sort of like he didn't really know what he's doing. He's pissed off because he what it, and then suddenly, right, okay, I've got a shop. I'm the sole employee, and then now I've got five employees, and I've got this separate meeting room for assessment. What's the time period from? Your mate leaving, who who decided he was going to go and get another job. To now, it's like two years, two and a half years, if that. Yeah, two two years
1: now. Yeah,
0: yeah, two years. So, so from, from no employees to five employees, and then now you're moving into this bigger unit, and this is yes. What See, I benefited. <laughs> bank of mum and dad and you've done all this on your own back i mean it's serious yeah i've,
1: I've had i've had i've had no no financial help at all like um, but honestly yeah well in terms of obviously like our new unit of yeah. what's coming through for those of you that haven't seen it already published all over our social media um i have decided to take over next door um so next door was basically what they did they did like kind of fire put the fire um fire escape and things like that as well. Yeah. That's what that's what their kind of whole business model moved to. I on the chance that they come out and say, hey, Obeden, how are you doing? Etc. How's business? I went, yeah, really good. I says, "I said to them, just joking, I said, well, when can I have your unit? And, uh, and they turned around to us and went, I can actually see if I can do something about that for you. Mm. And I was like, is right up yeah, Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting no idea what i need it for because it's doing okay and then uh, then the offer got bought to me if, if a couple of months ago if i wanted to potentially take it over and i was thinking yes it's going to double my floor space the only thing i have to do is we have massive concrete walls between our units and stuff i've got to annihilate that wall and make sure the entire thing doesn't come crashing down so i need to get builders in structural engineering to just try and put me a a hole through the wall so we can actually access it and not have it as two separate shops i want it to be one all one shop basically and so so yes that happened apparently that can happen and the springboard sensor miraculously agreed for me to put a giant hole through the wall um so the work commences on the hole in the wall in the next couple of weeks i we have uh, actually put in a mezzanine floor in there as well so wow. it now is two stories inside of there um, of which we've got a partition the walls off and create like this kind of room plan and stuff but it's got open shutters and stuff so we're creating like a little warehouse section as well we i want an entire room done and dedicated to bioactive enclosures so i want an entire wall basically plastered in frogs and geckos and whatever else i can stick in something with plants in it that's what i want um i want an entire room wall full of living plants that customers can come by which i can't believe as well like we sell plants like a garden center um as well so for anyone that any shop that wants to kind of progress into looking at something different to stop Put plants in your shop, they will sell 100 percent Uh I mean things like isopods and supplies well. I mean springtails. I mean, we order 50, 60 boxes of springtails a week and they fly out. Wow. So it's and it's just understanding that. So we really like tailor making that. We've got some bioactives in at the minute, mate, but that we've got like nine um enclosures. I want like 40 hours so that's that, that that's 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 the plan um so we're gonna get that sorted um upstairs what am i moving upstairs so upstairs has got a brand new staff room inside of there for everybody uh, our breeding facility we'll move up there and holiday boarding as well uh, which is a great other aspect to our business as well does really well for us. And then we will also be moving up there, at my office, and uh, we'll kind of have like this kind of boardroom kind of style thing going on upstairs yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of a, a project and a bit of a, a hellhole for the next couple of months. Just getting getting through it and just bashing through every obstacle and stuff like that that we that like, we come across. Like the floor isn't level or the floor's bright blue at the minute and it needs yeah. going grey, so we've got to paint it. And yeah. we've got these giant blue mezzanine bars, and what am I going to do with them? Am I going to paint them? Am I going to put some product shelves and stuff around it? I don't know. So and also I need water. Um, also again, I have plants. Water <laughs> again. I know, so I need to sort that out, uh, but I also need water upstairs and downstairs, obviously for the staff room, and then I also need water downstairs for the animals. Mm. We have a giant staircase uh, underneath our mezzanine, so where, where, where the stairs are underneath there, I'm moving one of our giant reticulated pythons under there, so I need to create a kind of full working massive zoo-type enclosure going under there, uh, yeah. which also will coincide to uh the plumbing because i can get a sunny flow system and then it can i can just drain this like reservoir cool thing for this yes. for finagini our um reticulated python and then boom i can then have a, a self-raising and self-draining um bath for snake. this giant snake so uh that's going to be something i really can't wish it's going to be 13 foot long six foot deep bloody five and a half foot high it's it's going to be absolutely awesome and i think having a nice good snake well one of our snakes there for people to come have a look at it's going to be a great thing to do so we don't we don't really have any shop mascot pets there's knuckles my hedgehog um which uh, she's called knuckles because she always wants to fight me because she's a rescue hedgehog and she's a pen in the bum Um, (laughs) but uh, but yeah she uh, but we don't really have any animals for a lot of shops that people wanna come out and see like these mascot animals. So mm-hmm. she's always been an animal, which is always pretty cool. So I think she'll, she'll do well and she'll benefit from the space. And also it'll tell people, not to really buy no. they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. it yeah, unless that, you can that, do that, this that's, don't huge, that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I want to do so less of that and more of this mate yeah. so that, that's what I want to see so, um, do, you, do honestly, you have projects
0: at the shop do you have breeding projects
1: yes yes uh, well I'm quite thankful actually my staff have such a massive array of reptiles between them yeah. my personal favourites are anything chondro related um, I, I love any green tree python Coralis, anything like that. Um, it's really kind of my project thing. I used to be all Royal Pythons and all morphs and stuff like that as well, and I realised there's a nicer side to the reptile hobby, and that's correct collecting different species of reptiles um and differentiating it, which yeah. is which is the, the which is the best thing and i love it like I've, we've got emerald tree boas now in and i absolutely love working with them they really want to rip my face off every time yeah. we go near them um and just kind of having these kinds of stuff like mark he probably has one of the best reptile collections like he's one of our staff members he's our store manager one of our one of the best reptile collections. And he's only young. Like I make a point about only employing young people, like yeah. because Mark's 21. Mark yeah. owns, he has rough scale pythons. Yeah. He has Burmese pythons. He's got reticulated pythons. Yeah. He has, uh, he's got green tree pythons in there, uh, yellow anacondas. Uh, he's yeah. got some really cool stuff, red pythons and the list just like kind frill of dragons and he's also getting a green tree monitor from us as well. Yeah. Um, so, there's there's lots of things he has in his experience in in just having them different types of reptiles and stuff he'll Sanzinia as well we've got them from from obviously yourself yeah um, we have yeah. a breeding pair of um western Sanzinia as well
0: in with us um so that'll be good um but yeah
1: it and then joe one of our other so these, these
0: ed- are maturing projects, they're not... Yes, yeah, yeah. And
1: they're not stuff that, that we have up and going straight away. Yeah. Um, I mean, my Manakawari green trees are pretty much set ready to go for next season, so that will be right. pretty good. Um, But it's just it's just kind of working. I, I kind of wish we did kind of have a bit more of that kind of site breeding facility like we used yeah. to do back in the day. Uh, as I kind of pulled out of that, and then thought, okay, great, I can get the reptiles from private breeders because it just, it literally just saves saves me the headache on on having them for an entire year, um, yes. personally. Um, and I think the change of obviously doing that, and obviously now we can concentrate on actually say, right, this this bloody animal was this green tree python was from these two parents. They're over there. They've been in the shop for god knows how long. Mm-hmm. There you go. That 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 that's them. Uh, so that's the real kind of plan of what I want to do for it. Um, but yeah, just like the holiday boarding rooms, dedicated rooms for that. And it's oh, it's going to be such such a good project to have.
0: Going back to your breeding project stuff, I mean, we we did similar thing. I tinker with a few bits. I don't produce a vast amount. And the simple reason being is we've we've fostered a network of UK breeders um, that we've worked with for close to a decade. So whenever I need to source anything. I can source yeah. it and i can source it for probably a far cheaper price than it would cost me to pay the girls to clean it out feed it every week uh and exactly I, rest I, of it. It I, just, and no that's a,
1: a model as well i think i've had to go through with with the staff and they go oh well if we buy like 20 pro constrictors then we can get like this many yeah. Yeah. this many babies and then i i tell them i was like well Someone's got to pay your wages, mate. (laughs) Someone's got to pay you to feed them, play them. I've got to pay for the electric and whatever. But I said, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's just not something that we have the space to have a humongous breeding facility for. But we have projects that we like working on and that are in the future. So that that that, that's that's good. Um, And I think another another aspect that I think a lot of a lot of shops do have is the fact that obviously i've always kind of been thought obviously young building up in this industry that every, every single reptile shop owner is there to annihilate you and barricade you out of the kind of hobby and not yeah. kind of give you that kind of
0: very support that yeah. you need.
1: and i I never really got that from from being young it's only been the last year and two uh where people have kind of gone hey mate how are you doing um and things like that as well and that's kind of what I probably would have loved to have saw when I was first starting Slytherin and talking to other shop owners and kind of seeing if what I was doing was potentially correct or wrong or whatever. And Mm -hmm. having that kind of of back and forth relationship, it would have been really nice to see. I think now the moves of the industry and the kind of struggles that we're coming into recently, obviously COVID and now obviously the cost of living crisis Mm -hmm. is kind of pushing these shops more together yeah, I definitely feel so Um uh, that we can speak to these other shops and stuff. And I've built a fantastic relationship with a number of shops yourself, obviously included, yeah. that we can, we can provide these animals and I can get reptiles from other reptile shops now. Yeah, you when not four or five years ago, I would have never even have dared shoot someone an inbox message and go Hello, can I have it on trade, please? Um, yeah. No, not 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 a chance. mate. But now it's it's knowing obviously that yeah, people are gonna to want to support you. Yes. And, and whatever. And I want to support other businesses, like we supply other pet shops and stuff like that as yeah. well. Um, I mean I get stuff off you, etc. So it, it's it's yeah. just making sure that obviously we can kind of work together nicely and better in this industry. And, and I don't care if you want come get bugs from me and go to somewhere else and get bugs, that's fine. I'm not gonna throw my toys yeah. out of the pram for 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 for, for ten pounds worth of books yeah. for, for one week. But if I can make you see the value of why you want to come here to, for my bugs. That's the winner. Um, sorry, mate, I'm going to be here. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, so I'm just in walked into, but yeah, I've got no, problems now. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, if I can see that obviously the value that, why customers can get with coming here, yeah. I think it, it, it's a win-win situation. Everyone puts more time and effort in, in
0: into their customers. Then I think business will be good at the end of the day for a lot of people. I think a lot, like going back, I mean, obviously you're, 24 i've been running my shop for 23 years so you were a year old i know <laughs> so this is like and i'm not even one of the really old shop owners there are some shop owners at 30 and 35 years and the way it's changed and the tribalism that you're describing did exist you would have maybe a friendly one or two shops but you were at loggerheads and i was trained by the people that that i worked for before I bought snakes and Adders, that you almost looked through every shop with a furrowed brow because they're shit and we're amazing, and yep. that was the attitude you had to have, and it was combative. It was like being on the stands at a football match. It was it was crazy, and I've just never been that way out. I've never been um, had had that outlook, and it's only really within the last three, two, three years that I've really started to try and foster these relationships moving forward like you with the shops, because there is value added. There is enough shit going on in this world without like making enemies for the sake of making enemies. And actually we can prove to be perfectly viable trading partners, confidants, a shoulder to cry on, which, you know, it happens. People get stressed. They go through shit times and just because one shop's doing amazing, another shop isn't. And you need that support network. And the thing is, other shop owners know exactly what you're going through. They have that same sort of look in their eye, you know, <laughs> like because it, it's, it's hard and it's not always easy. And like, why would you want to ostracize yourself from a support network that specifically knows exactly what you go through on a day-to-day basis, you know? So, you know, how, I mean, how are things at the moment, you know, with the world, the cost of living, crisis, energy bills, it certainly sounds like you're making a good go of things. Has it presented any challenges or do you think you'll be able to sidestep quite easily? Yeah, Uh, I mean,
1: I try and look at things positively because if you look at things negatively, I I just think you end up in a downward spiral. And I do believe in trying to look on the positive side of things, although things might be looking a little bit bleak sometimes. You're like, okay, great. But, We can concentrate on this, it's gonna be fine. So, yes, um, obviously, we have had an impact here of the business. Electric, obviously, we've got a new unit to take into consideration the rent for that now, and then the electrics for that bill, that unit as well, which is double the cost of what we're currently paying. And the electric was double the amount of what we were paying last year. So, it's just gonna be very expensive uh, for what we're currently doing. but in terms of obviously retail customers and staff from what we can see no one's waltzing in and wanting to buy particularly a reptile and just going yeah i'll have that that that, that that's cool not like how it used to be like last year um where we used to be going no wait stop <laughs> yeah. just think about it first you yeah. moron um, yeah. and and then have you got a setup they go, yeah. no i just want one it's going to be awesome i'm like can i what how, how's the cheapest no. i can do it i'm like no <laughs> that you're I just just go away you're just not yeah. the person I want to talk to like, yeah. how can I do it the cheapest how can I do it this way and I'm like you can get away with keeping fairly cheaply yes but are you giving them the best that they could have no okay. are you going to progress to give them the best that they can have potentially that's what we want to work on yes and building them from one place to the other Absolutely. Um, but yeah in terms of other issues that, that 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 we face really it's just kind of making sure that we kind of as a business owner you've kind of got a clear head clear strategy and you can and you can kind of work through it and i'm just waiting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and then obviously when when the new shop's done i can go ah oh, great i can relax now and actually concentrate yeah. on some probably some important stuff that needs to do it um, but it's it, i think it's one of the things that i think a lot of people need to take in into consideration whereas is your job is being a shop owners directors yeah. however you see yourself as um is it is stressful like you you own a business it is it is hell it is hell yeah. but it is also tremendous fun yeah. um and i think a lot of people kind of weary on the fact that running a business is dead miserable and whatever and there's so much harder to talk about the positives of business than it is to talk about the negatives yeah uh, the negatives could just come off a mile long but in fact for the last two, three weeks or whatever, you've had really good weeks and they've been really good. And and talking about those and stuff is going to be really detrimental. I mean, we're fortunate enough where, I mean, I sit, sadly, my head can get, feel like a really heavy cloud sometimes. Yeah. and I am thankful enough, obviously, to have my partner um, Holly, who actually I should say fiance now because that yeah. did happen a couple congratulations. of weeks ago. congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, but I come home, I can tell her everything that has happened about work, and she is she is there to help, guide, and support me through it. And I think if it wasn't for her personally to help, just listen to me rant or give me ideas if you think this would be a good thing to do, et cetera, yeah. as well. because I can ask my staff, but I think having an outsider's point of view that isn't yeah. involved in the business is a really good thing to do. Um, so she will say, yes, no, maybe you should probably do this, et cetera. So I'm like, ah, cool. It gives me another outlook on it. And I think Slytherin really wouldn't be the business it is today without obviously Holly, my partner, fiance, yeah. but beyond and behind my side. Um, I think you do It sounds like you've
0: re- always on. benefited from a good support network. Which I do, yeah. Really I always,
1: handy. I sometimes sit there and think to myself, is that a good idea? Is it not? Whatever. I need to ask somebody. And uh, that's literally, it. I have to kind of constantly keep kind of clarifying, is that a good idea? Is it not? What yeah. are the disadvantages, the benefits, and stuff? And yeah. one, one of the way, I'll literally just make like okay, a great. That's fine. Let's roll on to that decision. That's good. That's bad. No. And I'm, I'm very quick at making these decisions. Mm. And I mean, we, for example, obviously, how stressful business can get. Like. We we hold events here. The Springbowl Centre is feet is um, I'm thankful enough to have a ginormous meeting room here. Right. right. Um, so upstairs, you come down the corridor here. Upstairs is a giant meeting room. So we're hoping to hold events and parties and stuff like that inside of there in the next couple of months. the council signed that off for me, mm-hmm. uh, but we hold. Uh, we did a Exoterra uh, launch event, which quite yep. a few shops did nationwide. Um, and yeah i publicized it i asked some i did it as like a mini little reptile show so yeah. it was a completely free event because i asked customers of mine that were really close to us and really do feel like family yeah and so if they, if they would go have their own table and show people that wanted to come to this event their animals and just talk, show them a western hog nose, show them some royal pythons or sailfin dragons or whatever they wanted yeah. to bring as long as it's moderately friendly was yeah. basically the concessions that we did and having to sort 15 tables out for this mini reptile show that we put on which yeah. I thought would just would be okay it would be just a nice steady stream of people just coming through yeah. the door they come come to the shop and then we'll just send you upstairs to go have a quick look up there. now I did do some advertising for this uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. I created on Facebook, it's pretty to do event, create an event, put your time scale for your event. This was a one day event that was happening on Saturday. It was the last week before the school holidays and all the kids went back to school.
0: Yeah.
1: I was expecting a good turnout to be 100 people for the yeah. day. Um, three days after launching that um, meeting up on Facebook, I had roughly 400 people saying they were coming through, 500 people, then 600 people, 700 people, 800 people. We got over a thousand people that just said they were going or interested into this Facebook event. Um, wow. I was mind, but that's more than the International Herpetology Society got for the Doncaster, the last Doncaster show. And, oh I, and I was like, <laughs> they're like, oh, and then at this point, I was thinking, okay, great, that's one person, then people are going to bring then four four other people, yeah. the, the, the missus and then the two kids, I yeah. was thinking, right, this has gone way beyond what I was going to expect. I can't do nothing about it now It's a free event. Yeah. So I was like, right, shit. So yeah. um, <laughs> I, I started getting really, really paranoid that it's going to become too, too much like you're not going to be able to move and things like that inside of there and inside the shop and everyone's going to just have a massive hissy fit um so it got to the point i was working myself up so much about the build up to this event i could not sleep my anxiety was through the roof i bet i mean for, for the first time ever my what i would experience to be kind of like my back was like on fire it was super itchy I spent probably from 12 o'clock at night till four o'clock in the morning in a freezing cold bath because I couldn't get this weird itching sensation to get off of me. And that was for three days straight, pretty much that that happened. I was running on no sleep, coming into work, looking like a bag of crap, trying to sort out our biggest ever event day thing that was happening ever. And then Saturday came yeah I got all the staff in at half past six in the morning all the volunteers come with all their animals they were all set ready up the upstairs by nine o'clock for, for the chaos to event by half past eight the door was locked for slithering outside the front and we started to have a queue of people come through yeah granted we have probably in total in the business center we probably have at least 100 car parking spaces mm-hmm. they were all full by nine o'clock oh, no. um I opened the door people come in and people come in, people come in, people come in, and no one was leaving at this oh. point. <laughs> and it was absolute hell. I bet. Uh, I bet. I had, I had five, all, all of us were working, all five staff were working. My friends were here helping me. My family were here helping me. It was absolute carnage. Oh. I have looked back. Honestly, the meeting room from here is a good two-minute walk away. Yeah. Um, I had customers queuing from the meeting room all the way down the stairs, all the way through this massive corridor that we have here, yeah. full of business units, down towards the shop, in the shop and outside of the shop as well. It would have taken you at least an hour and a half to get upstairs to see the animals. No way. Uh, it was way beyond anything that I have ever come ever would have computed would have happened. Yeah. And I seriously just think it's down to the fact it was the last day of the summer holidays, free day out. You can come see the reptiles and, and that was it. It was, it was absolute mental. You couldn't move. The till was bloody rammed with people wanting stuff and things like that as well. I just don't have the time to show you a, a, a Western hognose, sadly, mate, if, which normally isn't my style, but I have like my counter. It's got like eight people queuing at it and they've all got trolleys full of gear. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, so i i had to do that and then we were just running around like headless chickens but for for the entire eight hours it just did not stop it got to the point where i decided right i've got to turn a few people away um i literally i think McDonald's had the best ever takings ever um as well when it comes to the event because literally we're, we're blessed we've got a ledger center right next door to us brand new ledger center we've got mcdonald's the kfc next door to us there's a little and there's an audi wow. so normally everyone does the shop or well, then they come here or they do they come here and do the shopping yeah. so it's, it works nicely but it, honestly the entire road turned into chaos and the entry tunnel we have a big it's a tunnel you drive through to get get to our yeah. shop and uh, it's, it's a one-in-one-out kind of system but you can't really do it if, if there's people coming left and right hand side from the main road and also trying to get out and in from the tunnel it just turned into chaos so i creaked absolute havoc in Colville for that day <laughs> um so the event finished the event finished at half past four thank god um uh, yeah. by six o'clock everyone was out yeah um, which which was good, and then we could start packing away, and then reflecting on the chaos that happened, and how we could reflect on that not happening again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Monday morning, Monday morning, come through, and I had an email from the Springboard Centre to say that several tenants have complained about how busy the event was. It was horrific. It was terrible. It was it was really busy. It was more four. We estimate of what we saw.
0: Four to five thousand people walk through my door on one day. You know, I mean, that's gold dust to get. I mean, do do you know what you'd give to have that amount of footfall just because you're going to hit certain people wanting certain things or picking? Yeah. so yeah, for, I mean, it, that's cool. for a PR standpoint, it, it, it,
1: it, it, it's it's good because you get to people get to notice these snakes, they get to the whole point about it, you're t- you're talking not just to myself and my team that are gonna look at try to hopefully progress you into buying a reptile, but you're talking to actual customers that have bought reptiles from us that are firsthand telling you how awesome they are to keep them. Like and mm-hmm. um, they'll then go and say, Oh, I fell in love with the tri-coloured hog noses. Can have you got any? yet? Yeah, in fact, yes, I'll have two. Yeah. which one would you like to have a look at and that kind of thing is is awesome and then it really helps me. we did see obviously that event did obviously pull off quite a lot of interest in business in terms of reptiles and stuff and we have kids that come in all the time like parents bring them in four or five times before just to make sure that they're interested in reptiles and same as I used to do that and that's what I like I like progressively I give all the kids all high fives and stuff when they come around to, to the shop and stuff ask them any questions they're looking at getting let's say a crested gecko or whatever when I ask them next questions where when they come in we tell them to read this book or this article or whatever and don't make sure you when you come back I will be asking you questions because that's the kind of thing you want to do you know you want your parents, the parents they've got to feel confident uh, and we've got to talk to them and stress to them as I mentioned earlier with that they've got to know what they're doing when it comes to looking after this animal and overseeing the kids looking after them yeah that the kids should have the interest in it
0: yeah i mean but um, i mean going going back to i mean you've done this you, you as far as i believe you've got a dedicated member of staff that deals with social media or a company that yes. you employ for social yes media yeah stuff. yeah so yeah basically, that, all, a lot all, of shops do yeah. it. i do it myself yeah. so like yeah, so all, all
1: all five of us have access to our facebook instagram on uh, on our business pages uh which means every time a customer sends a message about whatever then all of us get notified about it and then we'll all pick it up and one of us reply to it and more we'll, several times so you get two people reply at the same time and be able to say message set off um uh, but yes in terms of running the social pages and the Instagram and stuff like that as well uh, this this room is brilliant for that because we have obviously a lot of informative videos and we have a lot of kind of ph- photography and stuff on our snakes and stuff are all done up here and it looks nice and pretty and that's the kind of best thing about it mm-hmm. um but yes uh, it, the social media side of things got to a point where yeah okay it is it takes up like an entire i would probably recommend you probably probably spend a good kind of 20 hours a week on on just yeah. socialize even just replying to customers the amount of effort that takes is unreal but it's it, and then you've got customers that messaging you at six o'clock at night and question marking you at, at nine o'clock at night so why have you not replied to me i was <laughs> like mate I'm, i am off work i will see you at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning uh, but this is not this is something i had to do i used to i used to be there all the time at just yeah working through all these messages and we can have 60 70 messages build up in our inbox on a saturday and it, yeah. it's like if there's if the staff aren't doing anything at the council for there and used to seeing them typing away because it's, it's all ipad led in in, yeah. in, in in our shop it's like an apple shop it's literally just ipads everywhere you just come mm. around and see a member of staff on an ipad we can we can take you off wherever with an ipad and show you how all the enclosure works and stuff and just flip through the ipad and whatever and show you all the photos yeah. and stuff at the bib or whatever you want to find that's cool yeah. um but but yeah, we we we'll just sit there and reply back to all the messages and stuff. But the social side of things is something that we really do take seriously in terms of making sure we have informative posts. Looking at our Facebook engagement, how can we get that better?
0: Yeah.
1: Although you've got to separate it yourself with, between obviously trying to sell a reptile, but also giving informative posts. But if any shop wants stuff that's going to get likes, going to get in, engagement, just type in reptile memes and then steal one that you think's funny. Post it up. Don't even put any kind of description or whatever at the top. Just put some laughing emojis and then that's it. Customers will go nuts for it. You'll get 60, 70 likes dead easy. Yeah. You post all what I think like like, like our Angolan pythons and stuff that, that, that we have. Coolest snake ever. And then uh, you put that up, it gets like 20 likes. But someone's laughing about that. They need electrical plugs for reptiles. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm like, but different customers have different ways of interaction and stuff like that as well. But the Facebook pages and the Instagram pages do bring business. It really does. Um, We publish our livestock lists very often. We update them on our website so customers are drawn straight to our website. This is where I then started to look at outsourcing a agency to run our marketing campaigns. Yeah. So we could start to find people that are coming onto our website. We could then start showing them our adverts and stuff and things like that as well. There's a new advert coming around, which you'll see me going, hi guys, thank you very much for engaging with us, blah, blah, blah. And just kind of being a bit more of a face to the company. Um, But, showing and then finding other different types of pots of customers and different age brackets and trying different kind of content in different places and, yeah. if, and excluding certain age categories and interests and finding what works well when people dabble around in boosting posts and stuff when you start going into business ad manager and you're really kind of diving into our demographic of what makes our customers tick not from just making them want to purchase on our website make yeah. an action and come into the store make a health check booking etc but actually understand what your potential customer looks like, it's insane. Your normal business insights will kind of give you that in, in general, but yeah, it, that's just your audience of who you've already attracted. What we're trying to do is we've got our audience that we're attracting, we're attracting more people. And we yeah. want to build this kind of community feel. And the agency does really well of providing these different types of ideas to me and going, right, we're gonna completely scrap this off and we're gonna look at trying yeah. to do that. Although it's gonna cost quite a bit to obviously have a marketing agency, uh, we have select budgets that we throw onto the social paid advertising side of things in terms of our videos that get produced and stuff. But we do a lot of our, a lot of our advertising that you guys will see up on our page is all in-house done. Right. Um, I mean, a lot is, of
0: shops, a lot of shops will do all of it, won't they? So I mean, it's yeah. interesting that you've outsourced some of it because that might be a service or a uh, uh, an expense that people would write off, but actually it's proven to be pretty lucrative and, Useful to it's, you. it's good. Just in the benefits that like I make sure that my
1: cover photo on my page is updated every single month. So customers when they're landing on the page they see something different. Yeah. And it would always say Leicestershire's largest reps, shop five star awarded, etc. And that's normally mm-hmm. what it what it will kind of theme on, but the pictures and stuff will be different on there all, all the time. And that's kind of what I, you want want to show diversification and stuff like that as well. I've attended multiple social media seminars and stuff like that as well of how to interact with your audiences and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. It's it is it is good to have, but honestly, if anyone is thinking about obviously working with a social agency or anything like that, or any marketing agency, in fact, then then just speak to them, see if they've got any. Well, thankfully, the marketing team that we were with, they actually know quite a bit about reptiles, actually, which is quite good. So yeah, yeah the like that runs our social campaigns owns reptiles. So amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> He knows what a vivarium is. It's great. <laughs> so it it it's it's that kind of thing. Like it's just you got to speak to the right people and and just make sure that you you have the ambitions and stuff to do it and stuff. And all the, well, I mean, we plunge stupid money in, in into in, into our advertising. Yeah, it might not go anywhere, but. I mean, it's definitely been seen by people.
0: Well, I, I, I think it's right. I mean, look, the video that's produced with the Slytherin, with it, you know, ready for something new or whatever it's yeah, like. Yeah, the little, little, little toy munching on to yeah, yeah, and, week, and, so. and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I I think that's a great video. Lovely looking, looks really slick. And I think that you're right about content and mixing it up. And it's good because, like, me, Pixie and Becky have all got different things that we do. And, like, so the content is... is It changes and it then it it will pick up different people and like you say the memes are really useful people think they're stupid or vacuous well actually as a business owner all you're trying to do is get engagement so you're trying to get create reach you're trying to create engagement and then you start to hit people that will come and physically visit the store but you want them to be more inclined to spread what your next message might be which would be then something that could be a more serious note or a sales post or a, a cool picture of actual stock in store. And it isn't a dirty word to use a meme or to try and be lighthearted and fun and, you know, have a bit of pet. It doesn't all need to be super strict. I mean, I do educational videos, as you know, for yes. the YouTube channel, but I cut the whole of my output on snakes and adders cannot just be wall to wall educational videos one because researching them's a royal pain in the ass yes takes me day. i've seen the effort you go into with those videos wow.
1: and it it might must it mind boggles me to think that obviously how long that takes you to yeah. to prepare and stuff and to be fair mate as well i'm not going to lie to you i literally if my staff want to know about something i'm like yeah go check out one of Chaz's videos, uh, so he's pretty pretty much covered it, mate, and then, uh, then yeah. what we'll do then is we'll have a meeting about on that species again and make sure you've nailed it 100%, so in terms of like an educational tool for my team, you're doing great. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant.
0: But it's hard to maintain is the point, so you need you need those quick, snappy little bits that can go up in between that fill up the feed, you know, as much as like it's interesting for the hobbyists that are watching this or the breeders that are watching this that maybe don't really know exactly what goes on with shops. And I think like we're going to see so many different personalities as the series continues and then attitudes towards shops, then the attitude towards doing their business. Um, and it's, it's great because it's like such a rich vein of, being human like we're all different and and like there is compatibility and then there's incompatibility and it isn't that it's wrong it's just that it's not for you and I'm finding stuff so interesting listening to you even though like I said I've been doing it 23 years and I'm sat here thinking to myself shit why didn't I think of that shit why didn't I think of that (laughs) you know I've done that at least maybe a thousand times during the course of this video and and I'm not threatened by it. I'm energized by it. And I would encourage everybody else to be energized by it because, you know, a missed opportunity can still be claimed at a later date. It doesn't mean that it's gone. It means you can still be dynamic and learn a way to become dynamic. I mean, the hobby is always changing. And how do you think that the hobby has changed since you started? Has it changed for better or for worse? And maybe an example of what's good and what's bad in the hobby.
1: I I think yeah most definitely. so I think from wh- where I started, yeah, it was always the old the old T eight lighting systems and stuff. And I had them and then put in my dragons enclosure the the typical 10% T eight mm. light and whatever. There was no reflector or anything like that in there. But yeah, I've got UV and they were my own that's everything I need to do and whatever, that's fine. The old compact bloody UVBs and yeah. stuff like that as well. And um and I I think the technology in reptiles and really kind of beginning to understand them the idea of ferguson zones and Mm -hmm. and what actual different wavelengths of heat do for a reptile and
0: yeah
1: and the benefits that that has for them and stuff and and people actually wanting to understand that not just thinking i need a heat bulb, i'm going to buy the cheapest heat bulb that i can get but Mm -hmm. understanding my reptile will benefit from having a dp projector or some kind of other heating system Um, and then understanding that that's that's what people want to do they want to look at progressing care i think that's something i've seen a lot more over the transition of, of running this company is is how people want to progress their enclosures and stuff like that anyway uh and they, they they customers come in and they now ask me questions on 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 what ferguson zone is it i've been looking on this chameleon forum do i put my 12 percent uvb bulb on top or underneath the mesh at 12 and i'm like on top, and then we kind of go through it like that. And it's just kind of, I think the knowledge base that people are building is a lot better. And the way that the lighting systems are working, the heating system, the way the whole industry is working is a lot better for pioneering that reptile's yeah benefit. I mean, snakes and UVB, like, insane. I was yeah. in a shop in Leicester when I approached this, the shop owner, when I was only a young lad and said, My male royal python is not eating. He said, Stick a UV light in there, Baden. I went, what i was like he, don't, he won't see the uv light mate. he is in a hide like all the time and he'll come out when the bloody lights off what's the point so i, I was like nah not, not doing that so um so then then the week later i've got fed him again didn't he i thought right you know what i'm gonna listen to him and yeah. i am gonna put i am gonna put the uv light in so walked in bought the old T8, T eight UV light and the massive yeah. controller units that come yeah. with them that get really hot and then <laughs> I got them fitted it all in plugged it all in I thought oh I can see him now he's, yeah. he's alright gave him his enclosure a bit of a change around which made me want to progress his enclosure because I could actually see in it it was in this dark void yeah uh, four by two it so I was like great let's get him in and then um, so pretty difficult stuff put the snake in thought right yeah he hasn't epped for like eight weeks now so. I'm gonna see if he eats or not. And then, yeah, fed him fed him a normal large wiener rat and he he took it straight away like he'd never been fed before. And yeah. um, from there on out, I was like, right, that's it, mate. All the snakes are getting it, the corns yeah. are getting it, the royals are getting it, the boas are getting it. So yeah. and that that was it. I literally just slowly looked at kind of after that once it scenario, I looked at kind of improving my own kind of standards of, of yeah. keeping them and giving the snakes UVB and stuff, and then That is it. And then all this obviously new technology is coming around, which allows you to progress things more. And bioactive keeping was always something I've always been interested in. I've always had the odd little bioactive tank and stuff knocking around. But understanding, obviously, the whole concept of it and um, from the lighting what the plants do and what the yeah. animals interactions are with the environment and stuff and you can now have all these crazy misting systems that are now on hydrostats and you can link up your entire room with one misting system it's <laughs> it, it's it's absolutely insane like you didn't get that five years ago it's 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 not it's not not a thing so but understanding how things where it's going to be in the next like five ten years i really don't know it's going to be quite exciting to see the
0: speed Um, of progression is really impressive isn't it yeah right in in the hobby like you know the level of understanding yeah i mean there are factions that are going to lag behind through their own choices but for those particularly shops i think shops have got to be mindful to try and stay current and if they don't stay current you get left behind and potentially that shop that you were uh doing your little uh, concession standing originally she was of the model pet shop 1985 and didn't want to progress beyond 1985 and the fact that at some point it wasn't it wasn't no good anyway it was yeah. it was, no, no, but it was it, one it, of those two. The, yeah, it's, it's the, the kind it, of model
1: that that they have
0: yeah they're not they, they get comfy and then they get lazy and then rather than accept and embrace new technology they'd sooner take the piss out of it and not do it because that's easier than facing up to the fact Shit, i actually need to do some reading because science has moved on and what i understood to be the case now isn't and we need to we need to keep up and i think that's a perennial challenge and it can be difficult because you've just set up one thing and then you go now nah, i've got to, to change it all again like and and i'm I, I mean prior to this energy crisis cost of living crisis we were going to do a full shop fit because the shop fit is old my shop's battered it's 15 years old now and it needs redoing but i can't plow 25 30 grand into the shop at this period at the time because we just don't know what's around the corner is the honest answer but they all need to go onto their uv's and halogens and everything else because that's What's necessary now, you know, um, whether it's a snake, lizard, or whatever else, and it's it's one of those where it's frustrating because you want to make the changes. I think sometimes customers need to be aware that shops can't just about face 180. We're sat on stock; it's got to be sold before you can make that change. So, as dynamic as we want to be, we can't always quite be as dynamic as we would like to be because. Oh, we're a business <laughs> yeah you need, no to, have way the, way you know need to have the stock to sell it yeah, you yeah absolutely i know you've got no money so yeah i can't just throw a grand away you know it doesn't work like that what do you think is 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 been a bad change in the hobby Are do you have you seen any do you even acknowledge any <sighs> I, negativity? yeah
1: i do i i change in the hobby i see is obviously people getting into it and obviously having that pure passion for the reptiles then becoming what i would class as obsessive um but in just collecting and getting way too much stuff than you need to or getting your head way too deep into things than you can actually have or afford and yeah. then you're coming back in here saying oh i don't need it anymore or i've now changed it for this and the, the kind of swap away nature for reptiles is it, it is not what i like i don't like talking to customers about it i don't like people trading things off i think if you're gonna by a reptile solely for a pet, different circumstances if it's potentially a breeding project or whatever, yeah. then, then But if you're just trading reptiles off and saying, Right, I've done this piece of the monitor, and then I've done the next one, and the next one, and the next one, but you've not had them for more than a year, and mm-hmm. like these animals are just a bit like eating a typical iguana. The amount of customers I have with, with iguanas. Is insane. Like, it's the same kind of thing that they just get passed around from pillar to post, the bearded yeah. dragons do. Like, we massively, massively slowed down the sale of bearded dragons in yeah. our shops. We had like 150 at one point. Like, yeah. And then, and we're lucky enough now to have, like, on the shop floor, there's two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's two. Yeah. Um. Reason being is because not everyone needs a bearded dragon. And if you wanted a bit, be- well, we did an entire six months of no bearded dragons. And it was if you want a bearded dragon, Rehome one yeah uh, and then you get these numpties. i mean i've just had i've had um i've had some daily dragons dropped off to me uh literally yeah. they're like they're like this big they could fit on a teaspoon and we're now having to raise these up we've got 14 little dragons that we have to raise mm-hmm. up now because uh the people that had them can't sell them or whatever they've got another clutch coming and stuff so they just jumped them on me and yeah. I, f- I think that kind of thing and obviously the rehome work and stuff that that we've done over the last six months yeah has has really really helped we've not had stuff in that i want to have like an adult corn snake granted and if anyone rings me about turtles again i swear to god um, yeah. because i it's literally i have a turtle do you want to take a turtle on i don't ha- do anything with aquatics i am so sorry mate but here's here's a number for for this or whatever or mm-hmm. or i have customers that have had these chameleons and stuff from me for years and they ring me saying oh i've got to get rid of it because 100 watt heat lamp's costing me too much money and mm-hmm. it's on a thermostat so it's not using anything anyway but i still need to get rid of it because it's just using electric right. and i'm like
0: oh really
1: if the price of dog food goes up a little bit are you going to be tempted to get rid of your dog Um, that's, that's the thing. I kind of look at it and think there is that throwaway with reptile stuff. I have so many myself, my staff, so many dedicated customers and friends of ours love their reptiles like they do every other pet. And some seeing the people that come here and the nasty side of the hobby where people just throw them um, away, it is heart wrenching. And although we're not in the game to be a rescue facility and to, to to be that kind of ha- shoulder to cry on for someone when they come into that kind of issue, that's not really our job. But to help where
0: we can is the best thing to do. You actually um, rehome and take in rescues. and yeah, 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 yeah. And has demand? Do, yeah. has demand increased?
1: Oh, mate, one hundred percent. I think every single reptile shop can vouch for the amount of phone calls, messages. Um, about people wanting to to give up these animals and stuff like yeah. that as well. Uh, you, and the only thing I would always say to them is, I always try and ask them why. What's kind of led you to to this? If if, if you mm. don't mind me asking. And not uh, normally the majority of people that, that come in, they bring these animals to me. They are relatively quite disheartened to be getting rid of it. It's personal circumstances, etc. Or mm. whatever. It's normally landlords uh, yeah. that, are, that are that are the problem. And people. They don't check with their landlord. They go and buy a reptile from someone. They then buy a tegu or whatever from somewhere. And then oh, the landlord finds out you've got a tegu. It's, it's, yeah. it's now three foot long. Can't get rid of it. I can't have it. I don't have the space for a, no. for a three, four foot tegu. Not a chance, mate. I've got little baby ones in my shop. I've got to try and sell to people that know <laughs> they're going to need an eight foot viv. But now your landlord mm-hmm. says you've got to get rid of it. You're, you're now stressed because you're going to potentially get kicked out of your ass because you've got a bloody animal you shouldn't have. Yes. So, the only thing i would say to anyone if you're looking at of getting animal just double check right? yeah. like yeah you, you're allowed to have it and and whatever but i think that's where a lot of it stems from um, and also just research is that is the key thing like anyone could ever have
0: yeah do you i mean the hobby faces a lot of threats and challenges how do you think the hobby can adapt to navigate this and do you consider the hobby to be well represented
1: uh, well-represented hobby.
0: Um, I
1: think the more the shops kind of clamp together and want to work together, I think the more positive outlook we're going to see on the way that the industry forms. Yeah. Um, I think obviously there is a monopoly with what who controls the reptile industry anyway, um, and making sure that obviously every kind of opinions so and obviously the work that you've done over the periods, um, through the cost of living crisis, yeah. um, and stuff has been truly inspirational to see um obviously a, a fellow reptile shop owner producing these documents and stuff to help other reptile shop owners mm-hmm. it, it kind of gives you that kind of clarification of, of knowing okay right this is what's currently happening this is what we need to do uh rather than just kind of seeing this kind of this air kind of illuminating bubble of going oh this is what might happen we don't know Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of just giving you kind of straight hard straight talking facts and and that's that's the way I am that's the way I like things to be I don't like speculation, I just kind yeah. of like guaranteed fact. Um, but yeah, I think I think we are gonna be on we have got some troubling times ahead. But yeah. I think what we'll do is I think with everyone pulling together, working and just understanding this is probably just a, a really horrible storm that we've all got to kind of just weather through. Yeah. And then we should we should hopefully see the nice good sunny shine in Barbados
0: once. Yeah, day. yeah. Hunk, hunker down and just crack on. You just got to keep your head down and keep moving forward, aren't you? That's all you can do. Yes. That's all you can yeah, do. Yeah one hundred percent. So I think, I think we're about at two hours, so, you know. That's flew past, I hope everyone's still enjoying (laughs) (laughs) it. You know, actually I've had a really easy time. I've not really had to say much because you, you, you segued so beautifully between each of the questions that actually there was very little interjection that I needed to make. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I honestly, you know, it's an education and I, I like to reiterate the different shops are that every shape and size, sex, color, creed—you know—we're going to run the gambit through this series, and we're going to hear so many different versions of what effectively is the same story. And you can almost guarantee that no story will be the same. I mean, you haven't had any natural disasters like Jordan from the last. No, I've had no one, no, no flooding, no one. No
1: the, into my shop.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're so, positively um, boring compared to Jordan. Yes, <laughs> but then, but then. You know, you were basically supplying your own college at 16 years old with their live food. So, you you know, it's, it's just insane. And that's what I love about this series. I think it's going to be great. Um, but so I'm going to do uh, the outro now. So thank you ever so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you spending the time with us. I really want to thank Baden for the time he's given us today. We have done it during the day, during his working day. So, you know, I do appreciate the sacrifice of time. Keep an eye on the YouTube channel and subscribe to see further videos. And then you'll also be able to like and share via Facebook. But for now, from me and Baden, it is goodbye. See you later. See Cheers. later. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers.